And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Tuesday, July the 28th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 28, 1945, the U.S. Senate ratified the United Nations Charter by a vote of 89 to 2. Today, 1914, World War I began. Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia. Today, 1929, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis was born, if you care, in Southampton, New York. Today, 1932, federal troops forcibly dispersed the so-called Bonus Army. They were World War I veterans who had been told they were going to get some bonuses, so they gathered. They didn't get them, and they were they gathered in Washington to demand payments, but the payments had been scheduled to be sent out to them in 1945. This was 1932. Today, in 1943, President Franklin D. Roosevelt announced the end of coffee rationing. It had been limited to one pound of coffee every five weeks since November of 1942. So there was great rejoicing, at least in some places, today in 1943. I can only imagine one one pound every five weeks. I don't think so. I'm looking at a cup of coffee I was drinking until, well, till prayer time and till I said good morning just a moment ago. And I want you to know that you're more important than that cup of coffee. But boy, it is good. And it's sitting looking at me right now. But I would I would never stop talking to you to take a drink of the coffee because you are far more important. But that coffee is good. I like coffee a lot. Today in 1945, the U.S. Army bomber crashed into the 79th floor of the New York Empire State Building. It killed 14 people, but it wasn't terrorists. It was an accident, a horrible accident. Today in 1976, an earthquake devastated northern China. It killed at least 242,000 people. Today in 2016, Hillary Clinton was riding high. This was her dream. She had worked for it her entire life, really. In fact, she had said so often. But today in 2016, she accepted the Democratic presidential nomination at the party's convention in Philadelphia. She cast herself in her speech as a unifier for divided times, as well as an experienced leader, steeled, I'm taking words from her speech, steeled for a volatile world. And she said, I will aggressively challenge Republican Donald Trump's ability to even lead. Some of the things that happened in history. We're making history today as we speak. We always are, but particularly in these days. If the Lord tarries, our children will read about these days. It remains to be seen how they will be written in the history books, if at all. But we're making history. Seattle Chief of Police Carmen Best is advising the city, the city's business owners and residents, that local police will, I'm quoting from her letter, will not risk their personal safety to protect property. After a ban issued by the city council on less lethal tools, such as pepper spray, For purposes of dispersing the crowd to control rioters, she said we can't send these officers into that kind of a deal when they're not 
prepared or they don't have the right tools. She said, Seattle police cannot manage demonstrations as we have in the past, given the city council's banning of less lethal tools. Seattle should expect more property destruction, arson, looting, attempts to injure additional officers. She said, she's upset. She's disappointed. I'm not a fan of hers at all. I I think she's in over her head, but I agree with what she's saying. Everybody else does, too. And it's sad. It's very sad. In Atlanta, in Atlanta, protesters who attacked the Atlanta field office, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, over the weekend, they said they were standing in solidarity with Portland and Seattle. They now are learning, the FBI, that they had these devices, like bombs. I mean, these people are making bombs. These guys had made these bombs down there, and they were embedded with nails. That wasn't just to break out windows in federal ICE buildings. It was to injure people, particularly the police. Some of the modified fireworks, the FBI has told some people during the demonstrations in Atlanta, were laced with nails. The people were carrying, they were dressed in dark clothing, between 100 and 200 of them, dark clothing, backpacks, goggles, helmets. They approached the ICE office in Atlanta. They were carrying shields, bats, large sticks, and uh, using modified commercial-grade fireworks. Following the attack that left about 20 broken windows, bomb technicians got a hold of some of the some of the devices that they were using in a couple that had not been detonated, they discovered commercial-grade fire, fireworks with nails embedded in the mortar shell. Images of the modified fireworks show multiple large nails embedded. The organizers and the people who were throwing the bombs, trying to hurt people, not just property, the organizers said they came out in solidarity with the Freedom Fighters, of Portland, Oregon. Videos show the utilization of green lasers, which has also been used in Portland and Seattle. They're being used, were being used over the weekend in Atlanta to visibly disable law enforcement officers. Media outlets are reporting this morning that vandals swept through 180 Ted Turner Drive. I guess that's kind of an elite business area. They allegedly smashed windows, the vandals, sprayed graffiti on the buildings of the Atlanta uh, ICE field office. Federal official said he shouldn't be speaking, that they'll be making a public statement, but he said, I can tell you that our investigation confirmed that the FBI did find the modified fireworks or the bombs that could have only been designed to maim or injure anyone who might have been close to the bomb when it went off. Boy, I'll tell you, these are perilous times, to say the least. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, he he blinked. Como News in Seattle is reporting this morning that Wheeler in Portland and Jenny Durkin in Seattle and three or four other mayors of large cities are trying to form a coalition to take a stand against Trump. But they're going, they want to meet with him or meet with officials 
And they've been saying all along they would never talk to him. He reached out. Mike Pence has reached out. And they wouldn't talk to him. They said, no, we, we, we have nothing to do with Donald Trump. Now they're forming this coalition to reach out to him. But what they want to do, I mean, I don't know this, but I can tell you, I follow this stuff very closely. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to sit down with him and they're trying to cut some kind of a deal that will get him off the hook because they realize they've crossed the line and it's out of control. They're inept at what they're doing. They're probably not even qualified for the job to begin with. Most mayors in large cities aren't. They're elected by the very people that are running the streets and throwing these commercial-grade fireworks with nails in them. That Those are the people that are electing these people to run the cities. It's very sad. And in my lifetime, I've seen it change, and so have you. But it has changed, unfortunately. But now Wheeler, he's reaching out in Portland. He tried to go out and stand in solidarity with these people. They, they chanted him down. They screamed him down. They screamed obscenities at him. He thought he was one of them, and he thought that they thought he was one of them. So he goes out the other night, and he was. they were screaming at him, chanting, and one of the chants was t- telling him to resign now, using a lot of expletives. So he sneaked out the back, the back of the whatever, thousands of people or whatever, and his secret service people or security people whisked him away real quick before he got hurt. And he was trying to be one of the folks. That's how out of touch these people are. They think these people on the street like them. Jenny Durkin, Summer of Love on Capitol Hill. It's idiocy. But that's where we are today, and these people are in powerful leadership positions. Wheeler joined the rioters. He wanted to kind of have a little, you know, like we're in this together moment, but that wasn't going to happen. And it didn't happen for Durkin. It's not happening for these other people. Democratic mayor in Kansas City, of all places, gave this blasting speech of Trump the other day saying he has no right under the Constitution to send these troops in. Well, in fact, he does. I wrote an article on that today. It's very clear. Our government, and I'm quoting the founders of our of our nation. You can read it. At, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get to a little bit of it today, but I probably won't get to all of it. But you can read it at faithandfreedom.us. The Supreme Court doesn't have unlimited powers. And the president has the power to do what he's doing, and he knows it. But these people have been telling themselves so long that they hate Trump, and anything he does is unconstitutional. Now, all of a sudden, somebody is going, hey, uh, whisper, whisper, I, I just read the Constitution. I'm thinking he does have, and any other president would have, the power to do what he's doing. Because he does. Even... Even I can figure that out, and I'm not the mayor of anything. But these people are totally unconnected. They don't have a clue regarding what's going on in the country. Because, And I'll tell you why. It's because they are driven, their life day by day, the cadence of their life is about a secular worldview, a progressive secular worldview. And now they find themselves just responding to the whims. And these kids are running the streets, and they too have been educated, if they are, and many of most of them are, I guess. They've been educated by the same kinds of people that are, for the most part, there's good teachers. I've said this before. My daughter-in-law is one of them. There are wonderful teachers in public education. 
both, you know, the lower grades, high school, college, university. I have a granddaughter who's an instructor at a major university, and she's not one of them, I can tell you. So there are good ones out there that I know personally are very close to me, but public education in general is a fiasco because they're not educating, they're indoctrinating. So these kids come out of, out of these colleges and universities, and they're all indoctrinated, but they're not necessarily educated. And they hit the streets with bombs in their hands and black hoods, and they say, yes, this is for the black people. Black lives matter. And they run the streets, and they break windows, and they crash, and they burn. And all of a sudden, they go, now, what was this for? Oh, yes, black lives matter. It's not about black lives matter. Maybe it was for somebody when they started. But this thing has progressed to where it's a war. These people with these dark clothing, with bombs made with nails in them, how does that help black people? It doesn't. If anything, it hurts them. So that's what's going on in our country. The land of the free. The home of the brave. I love this country. So does God. Because he has blessed it abundantly. These people are nuts. They don't have a clue how much God has blessed America. He's blessed America because... The founders were indeed educated, and they took the time to take a look at how a new nation should be born and birthed, and what the founding, the guiding documents of that nation should be. Even the Declaration of Independence has no connection to what these people are doing on this tree. I I heard somebody on the news... uh, just within the last two or three days, I've listened to too much news. I'm about ready to take a long walk in the country, just me and the birds. But somebody was saying, somebody with influence, I mean, it was, I don't know, CNN, I don't know what it was, somewhere. But they were going off on this speech about how that this is just a reenactment of the revolution of the United States of America. And I don't have time to tell you how wrong they are, but they're wrong. This isn't that. That was a measured, thoughtful idea that we can't live under this king. And they have pleaded with him, even the the Declaration of Independence itself. It lists all these grievances. These guys don't even know what their grievances are. All they want to do is just burn and break and loot and run the streets and they hate Trump. That's all they know. I mentioned yesterday about the riots in Ephesus, that's mentioned in the New Testament. Scripture says these people didn't even know what they were writing about. And that's true today. These people are running the streets. Why are you here? Black Lives Matter. Why are you here? Um, I hate Trump. They don't know what they they don't know. They're just running on passion. And that's what that's what secular progressivism does. It doesn't run on any kind of knowledge or or truth, really. Because truth to them is evolving. It's whatever I say truth is. My truth today may not be my truth tomorrow. That's why we have gender. Well, I I saw myself as I got into the shower. I look like a boy, but I identify as a girl. So I'm going to be a girl today. I'm not overstating. That's where we are. And all of this is connected. All of the craziness is rooted in a secular worldview that denies God 
and rebels against God's teaching and God's principles. That's what it's about. And that's where we are today, unfortunately. We'll see how this plays out. And if you'll support me in this ministry, we'll keep talking about this from a biblical perspective every weekday. If you don't, we won't. We can't. But you are, and we are, and thank you so much. I get your notes. I see them. I'm not encouraging you to write notes if you feel like it. I I look at them. I read them. If you do, one note just from a lady. She says, thank you for your radio program. It's so helpful and refreshing to hear your Bible references and political comments together. We are able to uh, realize that politics, national, and our beliefs are indeed connected and based on Scripture, not just common sense. Well, that's true. They're not based just on common sense. Unfortunately, they're not based on any common sense right now in history. And we've got to look at what's going on in our culture today through the lens of God's Word, because there is something that is not changing. There's something that will not burn. It will not be blown up. It will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's Word will never pass away. And that's why it is so important that we get to the Bible every day on these programs as we talk about what's happening almost as we speak. And that's why this program originates live every morning. Because I'm talking about, in some cases, what I've already said, what's happening today. It's still relevant throughout the day, and some hear it an hour or so later. But we're talking about it live. And that's why we do what we do. Extra effort? Yeah, it is an extra effort for not only me, but others. But your support allows us to do it. And these are difficult times. I want to thank you to all of you who are writing the checks and keeping us on the air. And I'd like to appeal to those of you who are not, but you believe in what we're doing. Please join us. We need you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Many people today are being overcome by fear. I don't know how many times I've heard that, even among Christians. God knows that you suffer from fear. That's why God gave us a psalm that many of you, many of you have memorized, I'm sure. And you memorized it probably in the King James Version. That's why I'm going to read a couple of verses from the King James Version of Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You've heard that before. We need to hear it again. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His trust shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Psalm 91. 
Those are not my words. Those are the words of the Lord. Verses 10 and 11 of Psalm 91. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. When you go out into your world today and do whatever you're going to do, I can tell you one thing that's absolute. God has given his angels charge over you, and he will keep you in all your ways. I know that's absolute because he said it, not me. I'm just repeating what the Lord has told all of us in his infallible, inerrant word, the word of God. Franklin Graham was writing on Facebook and Twitter over the weekend and yesterday. Boy, he's concerned. Thank God for Franklin. Socialism, he said, is dangerous. We have a party and many politicians are flirting with all-out socialism. He said, Portland is an example of what will take place in other cities if Americans do not take a stand in defense of the nation through the power of the vote. We've got to get out the vote, he said. (laughs) I agree with him. I always agree with Franklin 99% of the time. I don't know what I would disagree, but maybe. But he's right. He said, in looking at the chaos that's erupted in cities controlled by liberal, socialist-leaning leadership, it should not only grieve us, but it should cause us great concern. He wrote that on Facebook, but he was also tweeting. He said, if this kind of leadership wins in local, state, and national elections in November, you can expect to see more and more of this, which will eventually lead to the demise of this nation as we know it. He said, Americans need to make use of the democratic process to retake possession of the country from those who seek to destroy it. Absolutely. They're throwing bombs, breaking and burning and looting and rioting, but we're going to be casting votes. And boy, if we're uncertain as to how we want to cast our votes, we better talk to God about that. Because it is not God's will that these people take over and dismantle what God has done in this country. He's blessed us. And we have a responsibility, a stewardship. The New Testament is about stewardship. The Old Testament is about stewardship. Particularly of those things that God has given us. We better be very prayerful about this upcoming election. I don't mean just, well, are you a Republican or a Democrat? Forget that. We better take a real hard look right on through and past our prejudices, whatever they may be, and take a real hard look at how we want to live over the next four years. Because if we don't take a good hard look at it, we're going to end up in a place we never dreamed possible. That's how I feel, at least. A lot of conversation has been going on about, (laughs) does Trump have the power And this is not about Trump. It's about the presidency. So if you're a little iffy on Trump, you don't know if you like him, just take him out of the equation for the moment. Looking at how this thing is shaping up, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to like him, even if you don't. Because, boy, the alternative is not very, not very encouraging. But does the president have the authority to send troops to Portland or Seattle or Atlanta or wherever? Well, actually, he does. 
Mike Huckabee talked about that yesterday. He puts out a little thing every week. I like my, I've never met Mike, but I, I sure like him. And I like what he says. And he's a former pastor, so he's got to be good, right? But this time that the Supreme Court ruled against Calvary Chapel Church in, uh, I think it was in Nevada. And um, these people are saying the Supreme Court needs to revamp. Mike was, Huckabee was really upset about it yesterday. He says, he said, once again on Friday, Chief Justice John Roberts, this is Huckabee, Chief Justice John Roberts sided with the court's liberals against First Amendment religious freedom protection. He said in a stunning five to four ruling against Calvary Chapel in in Dayton Valley in Nevada that echoed a similar ruling in May against the California church. He said the SCOTUS Supreme Court refused to hear an appealing argument that churches, synagogues, and mosques shouldn't have to comply with the Democratic governor's 50-person limit on worship services to combat COVID. This is blatantly discriminatory, Mike says, against people of faith because it applies only to them. He's right. He's absolutely right. He goes on to say in a blistering dissent, Chief Justice, or Justice, not Chief Justice, Justice Neil Gorsuch noted that the restrictions doesn't apply to the casinos or movie theaters, which could easily be packing in hundreds of people with far fewer health precautions than places of worship are imposing. Not to mention all of the anti-police protests that we've been talking about this morning, Huckabee refers to, for the, which restrictions never apply. This is Gorsuch writing, He says, since they're an exercise of First Amendment rights that the liberal officials agree with. Our founders thought this through, and when they created this country, as I was saying a few moments ago, they they were very careful in their thinking. I personally believe that God led them. Many of them did, too, because they said so. They felt and they sought divine guidance through prayer. When they were writing the Constitution, they couldn't get along. They were arguing so much that Ben Franklin, who was certainly not an evangelical leader, he said, man, we better just stop all this, and we better start having prayer every day till we get this Constitution written. And they did. An order came, and our Constitution was birthed out of prayer. That's how it happened. So when we look at our country today, they had great insight in how they set this all up. So as I said, I wrote this article today. It's at faithandfreedom.us. You should read it, because, if you would, because I think it would be helpful to you even in writing and rethinking, you know, some things I already knew, it was very helpful. But James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay, who was our first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, were very, very clear on the division of powers in the country, the three branches of government. And the executive branch does have the power, that's the presidency, to do what he's doing. It's very, very clear. And it's more clear even in the Federalist essays written later. So take a take a moment and read that today, and thank you for joining me today. Remember, God is in control. He has his hand on everything. Remember the little chorus we used to sing? He's got the whole world in his hands. Well, he does, and nothing's going to happen that he doesn't allow. He's with you, and he's with me, and I'll see you right here tomorrow.